Hey Curiosos, Joe here. Just wanted to let you know that we've become a partner with Amazon.com. We've put up an affiliate link on our homepage to help you with all your online shopping needs. So if it's a tasty beverage, a crazy movie, an interesting book, go through our link. It doesn't cost you anything else, but we here at the Curioso do receive a small percentage of the sale, which in turn helps support this show. So again, thank you for listening. Thank you for your support. And on to the show. When I was about 10 years old, my cousin and I, we had a sleepover at my house. We were in the basement downstairs and we had the fireplace going because it was pretty cold down there. So we got the idea to throw on another log before we went to sleep. Well, that log was either extremely dry or just was more flammable than any other log I've ever seen because it lit up. It lit up really, really hot and bright. And it got so bright that we actually busted out the glass front panel from the heat. So being the young children that we were, my cousin and I grabbed some gloves, we grabbed it, we threw it in a stationary tub, threw some water on it, and just turned on the spigot and just tried to put this log out. So I know how hard it is to put out a fire that you don't want. Curioso. A Curioso is someone who inquires in esoteric matters. A collector of knowledge. Curioso I'm Christopher Scarborough. And I'm Joe Taylor. And welcome to the Curioso Podcast. So the topic today, Joe, we're mm-hmm. going to talk about Centralia. Centralia, Pennsylvania. Right. Now, there's a few other Centralias around the U.S. I think there's one in Washington State, but I think Centralia, PA, has such a long and uh, sordid history. I think Tragic, even. Very tragic, tragic yeah. yeah. I think uh, we'd be good uh, to discuss Centralia, PA. Right, right. Okay, so it was settled in 1841, um, incorporated in 1866. At its heyday, the population was over 2,000. Mm-hmm. Today, it's about 10. Yeah, it might even be less, but right, we'll, yeah, right. we'll get into and that a little more later. more people in the surrounding cemeteries than there are actually in the town of Centralia right now. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so it was first founded um, by a guy named Jonathan Faust. Yeah, I find that very interesting considering, mm-hmm. uh, that just seems very om- o- ominous considering the, uh, the Faustian deal. The, like yeah, the, the German, the, the German the, tale. Yeah, yeah, of like dealing with the devil. Right. And, like his last name is Faust. Yeah, I mean, but, I, I've heard Centralia called. Helltown. Yeah. You know, and not hell comes to Frogtown, <laughs> <laughs> which, 
We'll put that in the show notes. <laughs> no need to say anything else. No, not really. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's a very dark, foreboding. We go down this list, and there are these key notes about this story that really make you think that this town may have been doomed or damned from to, the beginning. To start, yeah. From the beginning. So in 1841, Jonathan Faust opened a tavern called the Bullhead Tavern. It was in the Roaring Creek Township. And then several years later, a coal mining company, the Locust Mountain Coal and Iron, uh, started developing you know, roads and lots and stuff to develop their mining. And then eventually- Well, they found lots of coal, that whole area. Uh, in central PA is very, very rich with, with coal. Right, right, exactly. But uh, I don't know if you were going to mention this, but uh, I mean, it's not just any old coal. This coal is called anthracite coal. Right. And anthracite coal is the hardest, uh, the hardest coal that you can come up with. I mean, it's, it's, it is so compressed by the mountains and, and the weight mm-hmm. that it actually, it's sometimes it's called black coal. Or hard coal, right? Coal. Well, it, it it's can... an organic mm-hmm. sedimentary rock. It's a fossil fuel made up of compressed plant material. Mm-hmm. Anthracite is. If you look at, there's a ranking system for coals. It is at the highest level, the fifth highest level for the ranking of coal. So that means the highest amount of carbon uh, it, it contained in that rock. Mm-hmm. So it burns super hot. It, it is the hottest burning coal. Right. It is the uh, the low. It, it actually will has very very low output of smoke, right? Because of how pure it is. Mm-hmm. So because you're not burning like other impurities and things like that. Right. I, they've actually taken anthracite coal and sometimes will um, will turn it into jewelry and mm-hmm. things like that. And it, it's very very hard to ignite. You have to get a very very hot fire to ignite it. Right. And once you do. It's very, very hard to stop it, as you'll find out a little bit later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it just keeps going. So Centralia was originally called Centerville until 1865. Uh, it was located in the Shulkill or Skullkill or Shalulikill County, however you're going to say that. S-C-H-U-Y-L-K-I-L-L. Another yeah. p- another point. Yeah, something, another, another uh, ominous yeah, point. Something kill county. Uh, another ominous sticking point there. So then the, the owner of the first mining company was Alexander Ray. And I guess he became the, the, the founder of the, the, the town, you know. Uh, Faust just set up, you know, it was a little like lodging area along the, the route. Um, and that's where the Bullhead Tavern was. And then a town sprung around it, and uh, Mr. Ray, Alexander Ray, basically became the, the you know, the, the town man, the, the mayor. And then when they went to go change it, they had to change it from Centerville to Centralia. Right, because there was already another town. Called Centerville, yeah. Within Scully Kill, or um, Mulder and Scully Kill County. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, so they were forced to change the name because the post office would not send letters to two of the same places. Mm-hmm. It was just too confusing back then. During, during that time, 
uh, during the 1860s. They were mining, very small mining operations. They grew bigger and bigger. There was also a lot of, it was a mining town. You, you had, you know, bars and brawlers and, and you know, some underhanded stuff. And, and, and during, during the time, uh, during America in that time, you had a lot of uh, an influx of immigrants. Yes. So, yes. you know, you, you would frequently have, you know, a lot of people would come in from the boat from New York, mm-hmm. and then they would disperse through, uh, you know, PA in New Jersey, right. and, and, and just disperse and, you know, and, and try to find their own way. Try, try to, to find, find a work. place, a yeah. home. Yeah. A new home. Yeah, the promise of land or the promise of ownership or something, something like and that. One of, the, one of the largest groups that came over during that time mm-hmm. were the Irish. Yeah, yeah, definitely the Irish. So they, they worked the mines, they worked regular jobs, whatever they could find. They were, they were seen as lower class, they were ostracized at points and in, in, in some of the, the shops and things. And one of the groups um, that came up around that time were the Mollies. Yeah, the, the Molly Maguires. And they, they came over from Ireland, they were a society in, in Ireland. And they came over with uh, the Irish Americans, right? right. And um, very much like the um, the Masons, the Masons, yeah. very much like the Masons. Well, really, uh, they were very much like the Masons, but honestly, they were actually almost like a workers' union. Yes. So they were like a pre-workers' union. They were they were also like a secret society, mm-hmm. kind of like the Masons, and they were uh, about one third mafia, kind of. I <laughs> yes. mean, they were basically they would strong arm people. Um, to to get money from them mm-hmm. uh, and and different things like that. So well, and they were also fighting for fair wages, mm-hmm. for fair treatment. Yeah, a lot of them uh, were pretty handy with a knife as well. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. So during that, during the the sixties and seventies, eighteen sixties and eighteen seventies. Sorry, um, the Mollies. Their activities range from arson to kidnapping, murder and various, various other crimes. They even killed or assassinated Alexander Ray. Who the, was the, the original founder of the town and the right. Bullheads town. No, oh, no, 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 I'm sorry. The original founder of the town um, who was the first coal... Uh, right, the coal mining operation. Yeah. yeah, he owned that and basically set up shop and helped build roads and you know buildings and stuff like that, the whole infrastructure. Uh, because he brought money in, he brought workers in, and um, they had him killed. And um, eventually, I think it was six or seven of the Mollies were actually charged with the murder and hung in the square. Hung right in the square of Centralia. Yeah, in the gallows. Mm-hmm. Well, they, they had a you know jail house type area. Mm-hmm. Found a picture of the gallows. Oh, really? And we'll put those up. Oh, yeah, you have yeah. to send that to me. We'll put it up on the show notes. Yeah. So another one of those points that, about this town being semi-doomed, the population as of 1890 was just under 3,000 people. And it slowly declined, whether it was you know money or the gangs or the coal mining or the area. By 1980, there was a census taken and it had dropped from 3,000 people to just over 1,000. So that's, that's a very, you can see that. From mm-hmm. 1890 to 1980, your, you, your town should be doubling, tripling in, in those decades. 
and it is just slowly just declining. Off. Slowly declining. Uh, and there's a huge, huge reason for the major decline, which was the fire. So there's a few theories about why this happened. Sometime in 1932, there was a uh, a vast colliery coal fire that, that somehow started and, and right. started a, a, a vein of coal on fire. Now the way that it's layered like a like a cake. Right. So you right. have like yeah. the icing would be the coal and you mm -hmm. have to mine the rock out to get the to get to the coal. Right. Right. So if you ignite it while it's in the ground, it can smolder along kind of like uh, like you would see uh, you know, back in the cartoon days, or you know, if you light like a you know a firecracker, or like fuse. a firecracker fuse, yeah. and it just runs along the yeah, the, like those little, the little black snakes. Yeah, yeah, it just yeah. runs along that until it finally is done and has no more fuel. Right. So, well, in and 19th, being compressed underground, mm -hmm, it smolders for much much yes, longer yes, and slower. Yeah. And it was a, it was a small mine. The, mm -hmm. the bass yeah. mine was is a smaller mine, um, and back then in the 30s. Didn't know how to, we didn't have underground radar. Mm -hmm. We couldn't map out a coal seam system, mm -hmm. you know. So if that fire was put out, and there was a handful of embers still smoldering somewhere way back, you know, in along the wall near the seam we or something. Never known it. Exactly. So that was in, in you know in the 1930s when that happened. But when we really started to notice it was uh, in 1962. Right. In 1962, it was uh, May 27th. Mm -hmm. uh, it was a few days before Memorial Day. Oddly enough, this podcast will come out a few <laughs> days before Memorial Day. Yeah. So the uh, there was a trash fire, and, and back in those days, it was not odd at all for uh, people to burn the dump to get rid of all the the to get rid of all of the the waste and things like that so that uh so it was basically downwind right. the trash dump was downwind from the from the cemetery mm -hmm. and because of that they couldn't have the smell of the dump i mean it was just a <laughs> Do you few... know what the name of the cemetery was oh i don't remember odd fellow odd fellow cemetery mm -hmm. oh, even even better <laughs> yeah so it's like the shadow man or mm -hmm. something. <laughs> so it, it, you're really only talking, what, 20 years after World War II? Yeah. So yeah. you had a lot of people that knew people that were that were in that cemetery. Yeah, of course, yeah. So they all went to go visit them, mm -hmm. uh, you know, for Memorial Day. Right. So they're cleaning up the town. They're cleaning up yeah. the, the town. And they basically, they light, uh, they light it up, you know, light up the, the, the trash in this fire. And um, a few days pass. They think the fire's out, right? And they still see smoldering. So yep. they realize that there's these possibly that you know that there's a, a clay. They're supposed to put down a clay on top of of these fires, right? As, so a, that, as a barrier, as a barrier to right. make sure that it's not it's not going into any coal veins. But because they know the area is so rich with coal that it's a possibility that would exactly. happen. Exactly. Right. Now there's a possibility that the money ran out and the the the, the that the putting down of the clay did not quite make it on time. Or the trenches, they tried trenches mm -hmm. before they started burning the, the trash. Mm -hmm. You know, they were supposed to dig a few fire trenches. It's, you know, yeah. we go out in the woods, I make a bonfire, I'm gonna make you a trench. A yes. I'm gonna make a ring, a trench, maybe put some bricks up or heavy duty log, whatever I can find out in the woods, but it's going to be trenched, mm -hmm. at least trenched. Absolutely. You know? 
That's same just, thing you would do like a bonfire on the beach. You dig exactly. a hole and put it in there. Yes. So basically a few days later and they see it still smoldering. Mm -hmm. And they find out, they, they say that that's definitely a problem. And the fire department goes back out after that controlled burn uh, a few days later and they just dump water into the cold seam. Just mm -hmm. keep on dumping water into the cold seam until they can't see it smoldering anymore. Right. So all things are good, right? <laughs> uh, no. No. Nope. So... Uh, it, it wasn't really until a few years later. I mean, it wasn't really, it wasn't immediate. Um, right. They saw that uh, parts of the town uh, started just smoking. The hillside mm -hmm. would just start smoking. Yeah. So people started to notice this. Yeah. So that, you know, it was 1962 that that fire happened. It wasn't really till the late 60s, early 70s that they really started noticing that the fire just was not out. So right. a lot of people moved out then mm -hmm. at that point. Um, and then during the early 70s, they, when they really started realizing that this was a, a complete problem, they mm -hmm. started putting things like, um, I, they weren't just smoke detectors, but they were like, uh, carbon, like carbon, carbon monoxide, monoxide detectors yeah. to make sure that people were okay. I believe uh, there was one gentleman that, that, that wound up uh, passing out mm -hmm. because of carbon monoxide fumes. Yeah, also, uh, late 70s, they started having some other major, major issues happen during the first few years after the fire started. Local gas station, the you know how gas, gas station, the, the tanks. The are underground tanks, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. so these tanks were percolating at 180 degrees. Well, he, he, what he was doing is he was filling up people's tanks, but he was realizing mm -hmm. that he was not getting starting to the money that yeah. he was supposed to out of one whole tank of gasoline. Mm -hmm. So he decided that he was going to drop a thermometer down a plumb bob into, into his gas tank. Yeah. So he drops the plumb bob down into his gas tank, he pulls it back up, and it reads... Now, I've, I've found anywhere between 130 to 180 degrees. Oh, well, I'm going with the higher level. Yeah. I mean, uh, his, I don't care what it's gasoline. Gasoline. You don't want it up to 180 <laughs> degrees and putting that into people's cars. Exactly. I don't think that that's very safe. Yeah, and this is that was mid, like 1979. Mid -late, yeah, mid late 70s, everybody smoked. Kids oh, yeah. smoked. Yeah, yeah. Grandma smoked. Some you know mailman walking by while you're you know and you have, have your gas tank open and you have gasoline that hot. percolating at 180 <laughs> degrees, fuming out there. You know, a, a bird, you know, going by and the shimmer off the wing could ignite that thing. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? It's just was... dangerous. Very <laughs> dangerous. Again, with the toxic fumes coming out uh, all through the town, it's just little, you know, like if you're cooking spaghetti and you see it doesn't roll like water, mm -hmm. you know, it'll just bloop, bloop, little, little bubbles will pop up. Yeah. And then the gas will escape you know, or the, the steam will escape through that little bubble. It doesn't roll and bubble like water does because it's so thick and viscous. Um, so imagine that being your lawn, mm -hmm. you know, just yeah. like these little, you know, fissures opening up and and some gases. smoke, gas and smoke escaping. Yeah, there's. Uh, I don't know uh, if anybody lives in the uh, the Northwest. We actually live in in Maryland by Baltimore, but um, we do get a lot of snow here, and especially in the Northwest, a little north of us, they get a lot more. Right. Well, Centralia does get a lot of snow, mm -hmm. but you wouldn't know. <laughs> right, because they have the, the built-in uh, heating floors. Radiant heating. <laughs> right. Because of the, of the coal mine fire, you know, heating up the, the ground so hot 
that the snow doesn't stick. Yeah, yeah. And you'll see it in most places. And, and you'll, you'll, you'll see lines of where the snow doesn't stick and where it does. And yeah. you can actually see because that's you where know the cold vein is. Yeah, you know, there's a vein there. Yeah, so. Creepy. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's pretty scary. Um, so some of the things they started to do in late 60s, early 70s to combat the fire. Um, of course, they tried more trenches. Um, something called clay scales or seals mm -hmm. um, in and around you know, open areas or easy access areas. Um, they didn't help. Uh, some workers even started drilling vent holes, hoping that the gas would escape or I, I don't know why, but what they ended up doing. Well, they, what they were doing is they were testing to see if they came up with smoldering or whether they came up with coal to try and find where the coal like veins a, were going. Like a core sample. Exactly. Trying That's to map what they were it taking. out. Trying to map it out, trying right. to find temperatures, trying to find... There was lots of different things that they were trying to yeah. find, but inadvertently... <laughs> yeah, you, you've just made air holes for your flaming frog that lives underground you've and wants stoked, to swallow the whole town. You've stoked the fire. Exactly. So you that shushed was, the fire. Yeah, it just keeps on getting worse and worse for <laughs> yes, Central. So they, they tried water, of course. They've tried uh, uh, excavation of large, large areas. Well, well, like you were talking about, they dug they dug a big, huge trench across the town mm -hmm. to try and to try and stop it. But what they didn't realize was because they were waiting for the money to come in from the government to be able to do it, right? To get funding for that, they really think that what happened was the fire had passed the point where they had dug the trench. So it really did not do anything. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it, it just... Hit, it already hit the event horizon for the town. Yes. You know, there, there was no going back. Um, so, yeah, they ended up, by late 80s, um, in total, spent over, you know, a couple million dollars, you know. I have, like, seven million dollars. Yeah. They spent seven... The, the, the firefighter, in the firefighting effort, they spent $7 million trying to stop this. So, uh, and then they, they, they estimated to actually maybe possibly be able to stop it, that it was going to cost somewhere up in the, you know, small neighborhood <laughs> of $660 million of, of construction work of firefighting to actually be able to stop it. That was a conservative estimate. Basically tear down so, everything. But we're, I mean, we're, we're not even to the very lowest of low points. What, what, do you know about, I mean, that was the estimate, right? Mm -hmm. For, to try to fix the problem. Um, the government, uh, well, the state of Pennsylvania mm -hmm. said no. So we're not going to spend 600 and Sixty million dollars to save this, you know, tiny one thousand resident town. Um, instead, they paid out forty-two million dollars to move people out of there. That's right. They 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 uh, they, they actually the cheaper option. Uh, they actually opted for eminent domain. Right. To right. to move the people out of the area, kind of like when a highway is coming through and they force your, you to move yeah, and yeah. try to give you a place that's, you know, about the same amount of money. That's what right, they're trying to right. do. Is they moved them to surrounding towns uh, and gave them money to go buy their own homes. But you know, I mean. If, that 42 million was split up between all the inhabitants, all right. the residents. Right. 
So, but I think the very, very lowest point that Centralia had mm -hmm. was in 1981. So we're past the 70s and all the boreholes and all. Right. In 1981 on Valentine's Day, uh, there was a, a boy, he was only 12 years old, uh, Todd Dombowski, okay? He was playing in his grandmother's backyard or front yard, mm -hmm. and he's just playing on Valentine's Day, and a sinkhole, a gigantic sinkhole flaming flaming sinkhole <laughs> yeah. opens underneath of him yeah. literally hell yeah. opened underneath of him yeah. and he falls into it Ooh. luckily he was and he, able to grab some some like roots. A root. yeah, yeah yeah he grabbed some roots uh to to to, to hold himself and he's screaming and yelling yeah. and his cousin happened to be very close nearby ran over and grabbed him and pulled him up. Mm -hmm. They found out the sinkhole was 150 foot deep. Whoa. And they checked it. The fire department came out and checked it. It had sufficient enough heat and carbon monoxide concentration that it would have it would have killed him almost with yeah. almost instantaneously yeah. if he would not have grabbed on to those. It's it's so, like that that scene in um 300. Mm -hmm. This is Sparta. Yeah. Oh, he but just on fire. <laughs> yes, just went down the hole. I mean, yeah. you know, and he luckily was, uh, you know, he was quick enough that he saved himself, and his yeah. cousin helped save him. Uh, and, and I mean, that's I that's that. amazing. So I, I heard like a quote from his father where he said, um, "Oh, you know, a little while after this, he said, you know, he said my my boy made it, but you know, what is it going to take a a boy to actually die? Right. To right. to you know to get enough money to to try and stop this fire, you know, yeah, from the government. Yeah. He was a lot of them. A lot of people were very you know had very different political views about what they should do. A yeah. lot of people there was a lot of political infighting and a lot of uh, litigious um, things going on. And mm -hmm. we're not going to get into all that. I mean, we're not no, lawyers, no. but you know, there was a lot of, a lot of suing a yeah. lot of, uh, lawyers because of this eminent domain and trying to get people to leave. And yeah. that's why a lot of people, there are very, very few residents, like yeah. 10, 11, 10 to 11 residents that, that still might be there. I mean, I, but the last thing, time I was there was last week, but the thing I mean, is, I'm sorry, last year. Right. Right. The thing is though, they can't actually own the property. That is true. They're basically, they I mean, they're squatters. they're squatters. Yeah. Right. But it's the house they grew up in. Exactly. And, and they refuse to move. Yeah. That is insane. Like, you're on, you know, uh, some level of, you know, Dante's Inferno, and in the home that you grew up in, you don't even own it, but you still have this pull, this draw to your hometown, you know, that's slowly crumbling away and on fire underneath your feet. <laughs> I wanted to mention this um, this uh, this documentary yeah. that uh, Joe and I both watched. It's called The Town That Was. Mm -hmm. It's a portrait of John Lokaitis. He's the youngest of 11 residents at the time in 2007 when this movie came out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He is still there. And they and he goes around and he talks to a few of the other residents, mm -hmm. the uh, the mayor of the town that was that was there during the uh, 70s and 80s. Right. Is yeah. still living there. I guess and, he's still the mayor. Yeah. Unofficially. Still, yeah, unofficially <laughs> yeah. still the mayor. Yeah. So they're all still living. There's a few, very few people that are still living there. Yeah. Um, this is a kind of cool place to go if you're into urban exploration. Yeah. If you yeah, want definitely. to go and walk through the woods, I mean, the, the 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 coal mine fire that just ran through this town has done so much to it. Not only mm -hmm. do you have these bubbling, um, bubbling, like, fishers. I don't even know, like fissures of, yeah. of smoke coming out, but you have areas where the coal mine has come through a forest. 
Mm -hmm. And because the forest is there, the coal has coming has come underneath of it and gotten so hot that it's burned all the roots of the trees. Yeah, and killed, killed the plant life. Killed all the yeah. plant life in the trees. And the trees actually, they bleach and they turn white. And it's the, something like eerily beautiful about it. I mm -hmm. mean, and, and, and tragic. It's, it's almost like a, like a, like an anime. Right. The way right. these trees look and they're all just, the whole forest is just dead. It's like the twisted forest and um, you ever seen pictures of uh, Chernobyl? Mm -hmm. Yeah. The, the forest around Chernobyl, everything's twisted and all the trees were mangled and twisted mm -hmm. um, because of the radiation and the heat. Yeah. Uh, and so they grew up, you know, as the tree grew, it just, just all the radiation. Went around, yeah. yeah. And it's very, very much like that. Yeah. Well, yeah. it is, I mean, uh, you know, you hear like uh, places like this, these places where you can go and they're very, very dangerous to visit. We don't necessarily yeah, no. suggest it. Yeah. But if you're going to, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, a lot of people suggest a gas mask. Yeah. Um, I actually did go there. I went there last year. Uh, my wife and I, we do, uh, we go every year to a different place, uh, a different strange place that might be a little spooky. Right. We went to Centralia right. for our wedding anniversary and... Um, and I got a little footage, and we're go actually going to put that up on uh, up on the show notes. Mm -hmm. And we actually have a uh, a YouTube account, which is linked yeah. that you can find on our on our website. And we're going to put that up there. We're actually going to have a companion video, and you're going to want to check that out. And we'll try to do that with a few other episodes as we go along. So speaking of film, this town and all of its crazy, horrible, tragic events. Have inspired a lot of a lot of pop culture. Yeah. Um, well, if you get movies. a town like this, that's that's, I mean, it's basically a town on fire. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're you're going to uh, for fifty you're years inspire someone. Right. For fifty years. Um, well, actually, fifty-one years, sir. Oh, sorry. It'll be sorry. fifty-one years this year. Uh, I think technically two, three days before this podcast comes out. May twenty seventh, it'll be the fifty one year anniversary. Yeah, and there's enough coal it, there to burn for an estimates of two hundred to a thousand years. It's just gonna smolder that long. <laughs> yeah, I mean, unless Superman can come down, cut out Centralia, lift it up, and take it to a lake, and do the reverse, and turn, rather than freeze a lake, yeah, and bring it over, you or know what I mean? maybe turn around the world and turn yeah. back time. To 1962, <laughs> <laughs> and say no freeze breath. I'm oh, sorry. All right, back to movies. Sorry. Back to movies. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Superman is not one yeah, of the no, movies. No, no. Yeah, we know that he dropped off uh, Richard Pryor in a coal mine, but that has nothing to do with <laughs> but it. Just random correlations. Um, so 1970. Okay, one of my favorite favorite actors. I need to find this movie. I need to see this movie. Starring Sean Connery, an entire movie about the Mollies, the Molly uh, Molly McGuire's. McGuire's. Can you just not say that word? I can't. I, you usually make fun of me for not being able to say words. It's so funny. It's M Molly McGuire's. It, How it you looks not... so ridiculous in my brain. It does not make sense. <laughs> <laughs> but Sean Connery stars as a detective uh, forced to infiltrate. The, the Mollies. Well, not just any detective. He's a detective for the Pinkertons. Right, right. Which are a very, you know, prestigious... Oh, I think yeah, they're still around today. Yeah, yeah. They have a long history <clears throat> at themselves, but they, uh, yeah, they infiltrated the Molly Maguires yeah. at one point to yeah. try to bring them down. Yeah. So he plays he plays a Pinkerton detective. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty cool. So you've got that, and then um, you've got a movie that... I don't know if it if it's exactly 
from, from what I can find, uh, the movie Nothing But Trouble. Dan Aykroyd, Chevy Chase, oh, any not, more movie from the 90s. It's not starring Dan Aykroyd. Oh, yeah, he's got like it four different It is written, roles. directed, and starring <laughs> right. Dan Aykroyd. Sorry, sorry. Thank you very much <clears throat> on his directorial debut. Ooh. Mm-hmm, that was 1991. Right, I right. believe it also had the Humpty Dance in it. <laughs> oh, and Tupac was in the that. Hump. Ow! Because, yes, he was. Yeah, he is, he, was, he in was in uh, He was in... Uh, uh, the uh, what is it? The Electric Underground. Yeah, yeah. Is that the name yeah. of the group? Yeah. Yeah. So during the '70s, Dan Aykroyd got pulled over somewhere in the northeast area of Pennsylvania, um, in a an old, rundown, you know, beat up, you know, abandoned looking town that may or may not have been on fire. <laughs> right. And uh, he was taken to to jail and subsequent court the same night at like midnight or something like 11 o'clock midnight. yeah yeah and he was inspired by that and he wrote this this screenplay for this movie it's a ridiculous movie you'll have to watch it we'll put some show notes up on there um there was a novel in uh 1995 uh dean coon's novel um called i like dean coon's yeah me yeah. too and, i'm gonna have to read this one or yeah uh strange highways mm-hmm. um i've never read it uh I found it in research. You would have bombed at Phantoms, yo. <laughs> right. Sorry. <laughs> All right. And then my personal favorite, 1999. We're going to party like it's 1999. Mm-hmm. Um, Silent Hill. Silent Hill, the game. Yes, yeah. yes. Love the Which, game. Which, I mean, has spurred numerous sequels. I'm not even going to mention the game sequels. But right, right. Also in 2006. The movie. Yeah, the movie came out, right, and, and right. just another one last year in 2012. Yeah, the the uh, Silent Hill Revelation 3D or something. Yeah, yeah, I waited until it came out on video. <laughs> right, um, but from what I can find is that the the original game um, development was like 1996, and they actually released it in '99. Um, it was inspired not necessarily by Centralia, but uh, the Japanese understanding of like ghost towns and stuff in America. In the U.S., yeah. Right. And Centralia was part of that. So they, they used a lot of that, but it really comes into focus in the movie. Mm-hmm. The, the screenwriter... Oh, with the... With, what really sets it is that moment where she gets out of the vehicle. The, right. The, 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 uh, the, the Jeep. Mm-hmm. And this ash is just coming down. And the road is just like cracked it's snowing. down the middle. Yeah, that's... I mean, yeah. that is what Centralia looks like. Yeah. There are holes. In fact, I have a chunk. Uh, I, w- I don't feel too bad about it. I mm-hmm. kept a chunk of melted asphalt yeah. from Centralia uh, that I still have at my house. And, I mean, it, it, there's chunks of the road that are just missing. Mm-hmm. And, and, and this was before they really started knocking down all the houses after the eminent domain. Right. I mean, there's just holes and cracks everywhere so i mean especially like if you decide to go to silent hill or the real (laughs) silent hill centralia yeah yeah you really really need to have on some good shoes yeah a flashlight yeah probably a gas mask and an asbestos suit an asbestos suit (laughs) and you know you you know if you're religious you might want to bring your cross your crucifix (laughs) right you know and and hold it tight because it is freaking (laughs) scary yeah so the, the the screenwriter um he was really, really inspired by the town, and it really comes out in the film. So there really is no direct correlation from the game 
other mm. than just bits and pieces of ghost towns and stuff from America. Yeah. Centralia being one of them, but that it really shows up in the film that the church that it was in mm -hmm. uh, Centralia almost mirrored in the film. Yeah. And just little keynotes like that, like the cracked crack road in uh, the Centralia pictures we've seen mirrored you know, perfectly in the film. I even dressed up as Pyramid Head one year for Halloween. Well, oh, a couple yeah. years for Halloween. A couple years, yeah, yeah. That was an awesome costume. Yeah. And that will definitely be on the show notes. Yeah, yeah oh, I yeah. have a picture of that. So my act, the Scarred and Dangerous Thrill Show, I'm only one half of. The other half is Dangerous D. He's currently living in California, and he's going to call in from time to time to give you his two cents about all of our topics here on The Curiosa. Now, all dangers considered, a moment with Dangerous D. There are so many different elements and tons of information surrounding the Centralia coal mine fires. You could actually talk about it for days, like the side stories, what happened, why, how did it happen, what is it like today. But what really blows my mind is how you could talk about the movie Nothing But Trouble and not bring up how Dan Aykroyd's nose turned into a penis. I mean, seriously, it was a nose, then you blink, then it's a penis. That shit haunted me for years. I think it was because it was crafted so well, it was goddamn convincing. I, I think it was a real penis on a nose, but whatever. I'm going to go walk on some hot coals, watch nothing but trouble, and eat some sausages. You the fat one. Dangerous D, over and out. So you go from a, a town that was in its prime. Centralia, okay, it had five hospitals, seven churches, 19 general stores, two jewelry stores, about 26 saloons mm -hmm. in its heyday. Right. To today where there's between zero and 11 residents. Yep. And most modern maps they don't even show you where Centralia was. There's no dot right. that says Centralia any right. longer. It's like Area 51. It's a it, it's called a municipalis non grata. Mm -hmm. uh, it is a municipal place that no longer exists. Right. Right. Uh, it's very hard to find. It's 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 off of Route 61 mm -hmm. in Pennsylvania. And uh, if you decide to take a trip to Centralia to go for the weekend or something like that, a day trip. There are a few really cool things that you don't want to miss. Uh, there's a place kind of nearby. It's America's largest free admission park called Nobel's. They have a really good like haunted house hmm. and they have a sky ride that scared the crap out of my wife, Dan. You, you, <laughs> it's like one of those like ski lifts. Oh, takes yeah, you yeah, all yeah. the way up the side of the mountain. It's very, very cool. Don't miss out on that if you decide to take a weekend trip there. Cool. Because Centralia is very, very cool, but you're not going to spend days and days there because there's just not much left. Yeah, yeah. So one of the other cool things, if you want to learn a lot about anthracite coal and you want to get on a real steam train that uses the anthracite coal, ooh, ooh. it's very cool. It's called the Pioneer 
tunnel steam train. You want to go to this place. It's like a little, um, little like museum nearby okay. where you can buy yeah, yeah. chunks of anthracite coal. Uh, you take a train up into the mountains, or you can also take a mining cart that goes 1,800 feet down into the rock to show wow. you what the old mines look like. And they tell you to make sure you bring a sweater because the average temperature is 52 degrees. Yeah, it, it drops. Gets, it drops. Yeah, it gets very, very it's cold. It's weird that it, it drops when when it's uh, so close to you know, yeah, well, that area it, with the, the radiant heat You're right, but you're, you're talking like it's a good 5, 10 miles away oh, okay, from all okay, this. Yeah, yeah. So today you have 400 acres of surface land that are basically on fire. That, right. that is about how much that you have left. I mean, the, the fire could be fed up to 250 to, like you said, a thousand years. Yeah. I mean, it, it, yeah. it's just going to burn. It, there's it's no, going to burn. Yeah, there, there's, there's no uh, definite answer. Yeah. You know, unless someone's going to pony up 660 million, well, add a lot because that was the 80s and now it's probably tripled that amount. Or just let it go. Yeah, yeah. Which is pretty much what we've done. Yeah. But who knows how far those coal seams run? They could run into neighboring towns, really tear up the, uh, you know, neighboring infrastructure. I mean, who knows? This is, I mean, it's a very, very serious and scary problem. Yeah. I mean, if it's just one town right now, in another 50 years, who knows? Could make it to California. Watch out, Dangerous D. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I want to wrap it up with the time capsule so mark your calendars mm -hmm. because in 2016 the residents of Centralia are planning on going back for the 150th anniversary of the of the town it was in uh, 1966 where when they buried the time when they capsule. buried the time capsule yeah. and they're going to go back in 2016 to dig it up for the 150th anniversary of the of the town and yep. see what's in it if it's still there if it's not burnt up <laughs> yeah if it's not a smoldering hunk of metal yeah i think i'm know. gonna be there yeah i think so That's road trip I'm down. All right. Let's uh, hope this podcast goes till 2016. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I really appreciate you uh, sticking with us today and uh, talking about the Centralia Mine Fire. Mm -hmm. I'm Christopher Scarborough. And I'm Joe Taylor. And uh, have a curious day. Hey, is there any topics that you want us to cover? Anything that you want to talk to us about or let us know about? Email us. Feedback at thecurioso.com. Our Facebook, facebook.com backslash The Curioso Podcast. We tweet at Curioso Podcast. And if you have any five-star reviews you'd like to give us on iTunes, please feel free. Was that ridiculous? <laughs>